Hi, this is Alicia from Bachelor in Paradise, and you're listening to Bachelor of Hearts. I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Arts podcast. We are the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, Xavier. Will you accept this rosé? Oh, I do believe I shall. It's our finale episode. Welcome. Um, Welcome, one and all. Look, the finale has happened. The winner has been decided. The second place finisher has also been decided. Right right around the same time. Yeah, if they didn't happen in the same order. And... I think the the best place to start is here, Zave. Mm. There was a misdirect. <laughs> I was we fooled. I was fooled. You and I texted each other about yeah. how fooled we were. We were very fooled. Okay, do you want to read back our texts? Yeah, sure. Let's lo- let's load them up. Okay, do you want to be you or should I be you? <laughs> I feel like if you're going to be me, you're going to do a mean voice. Okay, I'm not going to be you. Okay. I'll be me. I'm just not ready for that right now. You know. Okay, so. Um, it starts with a text where you say, goodness me. Okay, so I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no way. And I go, what the... And I was like, no fucking way. And I said, shut the fuck up. And I was like, this is good, misdirect. And then I go, fucking hell. Because this is the point that it's revealed that Abby, in fact, is the person who's going to get her heart broken and mm. not Chelsea. And I was like... I can't believe they got creative with it. Right. And I'm like, script has been flipped. We've been saying this for years. Xavi, did we change the outcome of The Bachelorette? Well, look, I don't want to take all the responsibility, mm-hmm. all the credit, mm-hmm. all the um, financial <laughs> like payout. Sure. Um, but I feel like between the two of us, maybe yeah, Kelly helped right. a we, little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 50-50-50 seems like an even split. I think so. We'll get our um, maths person to do the numbers on that. Yep. I think maybe that's... Is that Matt or is it maybe Chelsea? <sighs> I think it's Matt. Yeah. Well, he have works a for the fucking bank. He'll work it out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I... Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a space guy, but I feel like he's just a brain. He's he just is. like a brain in a hot bod. You know, and that's precisely why he was cast. And it's also precisely why... He fell in love with Chelsea at Who the end of the day. Who is also a brain in a hot bod. That's it. Two brains in two hot bods together forever. Chelsea was our pick from episode one. Let's I'm, just say, though, yeah. before we say that Abby is not a brain in a hot bod, she's also a brain in a hot bod. Sure. Yes. True. Um, uh, Chelsea, our pick from episode one. How happy are you with how this has played out? Look, I mean, I picked her. Did I get her in the office sweeps? No. No. Did I win roughly $140? No. Oh, that's rough for you. Did who I? won the hot? The, who won the the money? Someone who doesn't even work in the office. It was someone remote. 
Oh. But, you know, I mean, I, of course, feel very smart and clever and yeah. bright. And uh, that's, I mean, that's worth 140 bucks to it's me. It's definitely worth $140. It's also one of those things where I just kind of feel on the inside pretty happy for... Matt and Chelsea, like I think yeah. that their decla- declarations of love for each other were really beautiful, and Chelsea's reaction was like genuine and pure. And I was talking about this with my friend Declan today. Mm. So normal, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like she was like, "Oh fuck, I thought you were gonna dump me." Right, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like such a, a as much as you can project yourself into that weird situation. Mm. Fuck, that's a relatable reaction. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it is such a wonderful feeling going into a finale and going into a finale week and even like the last week or two, but just like going into these last couple of episodes and being like, I really like all of these people. Totally. From Kristen through to Chelsea, the final six were, and I think this is part of what has made this a pretty good season overall. Like the final six were all like actual love interests who could Mm. have conceivably vied for Matt's heart. And then we had people along the way, like Monique, who went out in a shock fashion, but was a like definite contender for a time. Right. And then we had these great narrators in uh, Vaco and Mary. Mm. And we also had people like Nicole, you know, villains, Rachel Mm. along the way. I thought this was a really well constructed cast and overall looking to this season, I think that uh, when we look back at it, the the cast of women that they put forth for Matt absolutely sparkled in mm. terms of the creation of a TV show. I totally agree. And I feel like it was more, like there were more different things happening, apart from the fact that they maybe lent on some of the Abby Sagan stuff maybe a bit too much. Too or, much, yeah. Or, I mean, Abby, I don't particularly love the way that her story was told throughout the season. We've got so much to say about that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We'll get into that. But I feel like on the whole, like, it didn't get bogged down in one particular narrative thread all that often. Yeah. In the way that it often seems like the producers of the show will be like, great, here's what this season's about. And everything else will just happen sort of in the background. We'll sprinkle it in wherever. Right, exactly. We got a lot of... um, at, at, At the very least, there were episodes, as much as the Abby Sagan thing dominated maybe like the middle third of the season. Yep. There were whole episodes of reprieve. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And that was really exciting and good. Yeah. I like I think that uh everything that's happened with Matt and Chelsea is like exciting for them and I'm happy for them. And I really truly am happy for them to go forward and start their lives in fucking private. Right. Exactly. I mean at this point they've earned it. Yeah. Um and Yes, there's a lot to process. Obviously, the whole thing is like a whole huge. It's a whole thing. thing. <laughs> the whole thing is a whole thing. Yeah. What it boils down to is the whole thing. <laughs> when you right. look back on it, it's actually been a whole thing the it's whole time. It's been a whole thing. The whole thing was the friends that we made along the way. Right. Um, but the best thing that they could do now is just go and be somewhere where other people aren't, you know? Mm. Avoid cameras and publicists and podcasts. Right. And, like, the whole fucking bit. Go to Bali and go and start your lives together away from the cameras mm. and the internet. But also, yeah. the other thing that they get to do, which I feel like is underrated in a way, yes. is that they get to go and do things amongst other people. <laughs> Who are That's not also true. On The Bachelor. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like they can connect because this is the important test of the relationship. Right. Like exactly. That is like how all these lives actually gel together and all that sort of stuff. How do you go forth in the real world and make babies in three to five years? Well. Mm. <laughs> and I will say, I hope that Abby gets the same opportunity, right? Mm. Like to firstly 
log the fuck off. Yeah. Get out of the comments to mm. go and be alone or in be like be in the some company. Of them suck. Oh, they're awful, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, 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 but yeah. to go and be in the company of her closest people right. and uh, process the whole thing that yeah, we've been talking about. When you look back on it, it actually has been like a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, you know. Yeah. But the thing about it being a whole thing means that like you need that time to decompress and For heal sure. and I would go as far as to wager that the internet will still be there. Yeah. Pr- well, okay. Well, I think so. Right. And yeah. the opportunities will probably still be there for her in terms of like any marketing or self promotion or whatever that right. wants to come out of this that comes out of it as a natural part of the process. Right, right, right. You know, like I really hope that she gets some time to just be quiet. Particularly, you know, given exist in a quiet moment. I don't mean her personally to be quiet. <laughs> Shut the fuck Shut up, up, Abby. I don't mean that. No. What I mean is like go sit somewhere by yourself and just like let yourself heal. And I can only imagine. And like having talked to Alicia, really shed a lot of light on this. Like, That's true. The process, not only of being on the show, because obviously it was filmed quite a while ago, which is its own emotional experience, unlike anything that we could probably ever imagine. True. But then also. Being in the public eye as it is digested and uh, stuff like that by by everyone in Australia. And right, by and by the way that it's played out as part of a narrative that you don't have any control over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like Exhausting. Uh, hard. No one should have to go through <laughs> <laughs> And yet, here we uh, are celebrating it. <laughs> mm, um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's true. Like, um, as, as much as there are downsides... Um, and a lot of negativity and a lot of, uh, you know, and even if you win the show, like there's always going to be negativity. There are detractors for Chelsea and Matt as well. People being like, oh, they'll go off and live their boring lives together. Fuck off. Who cares? True. Let this nice man and this nice lady go live together. Yeah, exactly. And, and also it's, you know, it's better to focus on all of the positives that I think everyone in some way when they're on the show does stand to benefit from it. Um, True, and we're even seeing in terms of like uh, previous people who have been on the show mm. getting on their stories today and making Facebook posts. Being it has like, been crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's been a real crowded time, and they're all saying the one thing, which is be nice. Yeah, you know, and they're all saying we're really happy for everyone. Yep, and they're all saying um, follow the link in my bio to buy your own CBD oil that I'm sponsored <laughs> by. <laughs> that yeah, sort of okay. thing. yeah, and I'm very happy. Enjoy for Join my of Tupperware them. party. The whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to just come off the top rope here? Mm-hmm. The hmm, I think that the biggest outlier of the season is Abby. Mm. I think that's been the point of most contention. Mm. And do you want to just do like a top line, uh, take care of this right off the top and let it frame the narrative and the discussion that we're about to have? How do you feel about Abby after the season? I think she's cool. Cool. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking for. Well, like, uh, where are we at with her journey on this show? Well, okay. Um, I feel like she has, uh, not knowing her personally or anything, but mm-hmm. I feel like she has been very true to herself. She's been quite genuine. Um, she has been, and I don't mean this in the way that sometimes people use to excuse bad behavior. Right. But I feel like she has been quite unapologetic in asking for what she wants. True. Um, and I feel like she has shone a light on some of the unspoken, like, rules and... Um, it's like biases, right? Yeah. 
I feel like she has on some level created a conversation which is has been taken by people in an unhealthy way, but also it has created a real sex positive sort of space um, and uh, has created a very positive role model, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, she's really complex. Like, it's great casting on the part of the show. And I also think that, like, the show has done such a good job of characterizing her as a villain that if that's the way that you feel, and I know that there are countless people on the internet who feel this way, you know, like, to a certain extent, I don't blame you because you look at this experience and you hear her in confessional and you experience the edit in the way that the show intends for you to receive it and that's the conclusion that you're supposed to draw, right? You know, like, people are supposed to feel... Like, this is the, um, like, antagonist of the season. She was is unworthy of, you know, the, the affections of this man that we all love so much. Right, but what we intend to do with this show, Zave, is question the representation and the way that it's created within the parameters of the TV show. And so, I guess my question to you, the listener, not you, Zavi, but, like, if you're watching this and you feel like Abby's a piece of work... My question is, like, why? And the reason that I ask is that we're being told a story, Mm. right? You know, Mm. and uh, I will take it at at face value that this story would not exist if Abby wasn't competitive and sarcastic and extremely confident and forthcoming with her sexuality. You know, like, those qualities have been so evident throughout this series that you can't just talk it up to editing and if you're not into that that's okay yeah right if you are like this and this and this and this are the reasons why i don't connect with this woman that's fine we can still have a discussion about it and respect each other's like proclivities and the way that we see people full stop but the thing that gives me pause in terms of the way that abby has been edited and represented in this season is that it seems to me like the story that we are being told is emphatically one of uh, a woman who is confident and sarcastic and secure in her sexuality Mm. and how she makes for an unsuitable bachelorette Mm. because like what the show is saying to you is like you're not supposed to root for this woman Mm. because she's threatening and I want no part of that. Right, yeah. And I feel like there is some level of juxtaposition between... um, the show positioning her as a bad choice for Matt. Yes. And the show positioning her as a bad choice full stop. Right. Or like a bad, per- you know, like it is very muddy territory when you talk about, especially when you get down to the final two, as they're drawing like mm-hmm. a fairly mm-hmm. black and white comparison between two people. Yeah. Where one of them is seen to be more right and one of them is seen to be more wrong. Um, I'm not sh- saying she's a moron. Ha. Um, but I mean, that draws out the fact that um, it, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that this is through the lens of this man, Matt, who we kind of don't know. <laughs> like, right. He, yeah. We don't know a ton about th- this man either. Right. And, and like, we probably on some level feel like we know more about his choices and wants and desires than many other people that we see on the television. Right. But also there's a lot of that stuff that you can't really vocalize and he's probably not as much as he has been a good and willing bachelor, he probably doesn't feel super willing to go into. Right. Like, because as a bachelor or bachelorette, you have a position of power that means that whilst it's encouraged for you to become vulnerable, 
there is still you can play as many cards or as few cards as you want. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, the show tries to focus on uh, certain attributes that maybe the bachelor or bachelorette has picked out as being important to them, but it's not necessarily like the direct language of the show to focus on the fact that what is not important to the bachelor may not like that may be important to other people. You know, mm, like mm, mm. Um, you're not bad if you're not Matt's type, even that's though true. in this situation, that's kind of what the messaging has to be to create the narrative. Exactly. Yeah. And like, so part of that is, is this whole, like that gets tied into it is this whole idea that Abby is um, acting or pretending to be mm. Matt's type with the aim of like, well, that's the question, right? Like, what's her motivation? Mm. You know, if the motivation is to win the show, why? Right. You know, um, and all that we've heard, like, is is this very gendered... We talked about it last week, this very gendered representation and trope that gets thrown around of, like, oh, this woman is only here to become Instagram famous, mm. right? Mm. And, but this is, this is my question as it pertains to Abby's motivation. Mm. How much trauma... Are you willing to put yourself through for sixty five thousand Instagram followers? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and uh, if your intention is to put yourself through that much gaslighting and distress for people to follow your social media account, that is psychotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and if you're to weigh that up, the likelihood that the Bachelor team, the Bachelor, have found and cast a self aware. Graham thirsty psycho who is also like a sexual deviant and a great narrator for this show right. versus the likelihood that we are being told a story about a woman who fell in love during a competition like a game of let's be clear elimination polygamy right that's what this is yeah. right um and pulled every punch to try to secure the affection of the man who she has fallen for and who has come up just short mm. like and along the way has displayed these characteristics of being open with her sexuality and really confident to the point of hubris, perhaps, you mm. know, and mm. like, um, quote unquote, I can never tell a lie. All of these things, like, I don't know. I just think that one of those things is more likely than the other. And you are so well within your rights to take it at face value and to mm. say, no, nope, don't like a ultimately... You and I, like, we don't know this person. Right. Right? Uh, and maybe you, the the royal you, listening to this and being like, no, she sucks, is maybe you're spot on. But the point of this show mm. and the reason that why you and I do what we do is to ask questions of reality TV as they pertain to storytelling and representation. And particularly as it comes to Abby this season, fuck, man, I have so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Okay. I think, are we covered? Are we off off the top here? I think so. You sounded very clever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know about myself. Um, but I think what it comes down to for me is like, yeah. I really like both of these people. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, true. Like, this is like, let's go into this too. Mm. Chelsea's great. Chelsea rules. She's really cool. Like, okay. I feel like we... Could have seen more of her. Would <laughs> have as, loved to have seen more Chelsea. As much as she is the main character and she's been on screen plenty and that kind of thing. And yeah. they managed to create what I would consider as like a satisfying narrative. Yes. It's also like, it feels like it's been more of a short film than a movie with her. You know what I mean? Like Yes. And let me give you this reason for it. I think she's a porn narrator. Mm. I don't think that Chelsea is as expressive as someone like Mary mm. or 
Vako or Rachel or even Abby mm. who make great storytellers for this franchise. It's not and her... Chelsea's just a nice girl who's on the show. Right. It's not her key strength. Yeah. And and I feel like for, in some way that may be the appeal to Matt. Exactly. And, and I can't blame him for this, is that within this very production-y, reality TV-ish sort of setting, perhaps she stood out as somebody who was not... Uh, as interested in building that artifice and right. um, you can see it from both perspectives. Obviously. Totally. And yeah. like, that is absolutely right. And we saw the foreshadowing a few episodes ago when Sam Wood said, you choose the girl who isn't involved with the drama. Yeah. And if you were to check them off one by one by one by one, mm. Chelsea is the last person remaining who just did not have a sniff of that. Yeah. You know, and whether it is the uh, drama that pertained to Sagan and Abby or Ellie and Abby or Rachel and the man outside or <laughs> Monique and the dog cunt. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like yeah. that drama was such a story of the season and it really formed like the pulse of what we were watching this year. Mm. Chelsea was just there. Right. You know, and that's not like just, I don't mean just there. She was there in the sense that she was coming back time and time again and working through her own stuff and coming for Matt, and that's fucking cool and good on her. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's every possibility that she was in some way involved in a lot of this stuff, and we were chosen, you know, it, it, it was chosen not to be shown to us. True. Um, but that's what makes it a believable choice in the end. Yes. Um, and that's what makes it a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, I, I am absolutely walked away from that being like, Good for both of them. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it feels more like, oh, this is some bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we've watched a bunch of seasons of this now. We like, like oh, I'm a bit deflated by the end of this. But. Right. Or even if it's just like, you know, there there have been times, because I feel like we guessed it pretty early on and most of the time it has felt fairly like pretty certain like yeah. this is going to happen. Absolutely. But a lot of the time when we have managed to pick it or um, when it feels like it's heading in a certain direction, that feels like a letdown. Yeah. But in this circumstance, I feel like that inevitability was quite comfortable. And, uh, you know, in, ter in terms of the narrative that we were showing, it was like uh, it, it was the nice, calm, expected thing that I feel like the show definitely needed at this point. Absolutely. Considering what happened in Honey Badger season. Exactly. Considering uh, even like Richie's final pick. Richie, but also Charlie and Bill and every other fucking man who has been on this show for years, you right, know? Right, right. It's been a long time since we've had like a decent quote unquote man, mm, right? Like mm. uh, Sophie Monk and Old Mate didn't last. They didn't cast any good men for mm. that season. Yeah. Stu. Um, I feel like Matty J is a Matty J is, is a good the most dude. recent good dude I think that we have seen on the show outside of Apollo, who was never going to get chosen. Mm. Yeah, or maybe uh, American Alex. Or oh yeah, sure. Like, but like know, we're shoehorning in people from overseas for Paradise. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, <laughs> because there were no good men in Australia. What at I that mean, point. what I mean by good man is like leading man. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And we have not had uh, like even Tate was. Tate was fine, mm. but he was underwhelming. Right. You know? Mm. Um, and that is because he was sorely under-edited. Mm. And what we got from Matt this season was a nice man making a choice that felt inevitable mm. and good for them. It felt good. It mm. felt okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you want to do some news before we get into our episode <laughs> okay, yeah. recaps? What's new? <laughs> What's new? Did you hear about the finale? <laughs> <laughs> 
I just have one little. He um, freaking picked the honey back. I can't believe it was this. crazy. They rooted all day. Yeah. Uh, I, look, so the thing is that uh, Eleanor was on the project last night. Oh yeah. And just uh, before the finale. Just before the finale. Right. Did you watch this? I saw a bit of it. Yeah. Okay. So. The, she cleared a couple of things up in terms of her edit and everything that happened with her. So they edited her, did they? Apparently so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she said that in addition to Matt forgetting that she spoke French uh, at the time that they had their hometown date, mm-hmm. he also forgot, quote, what I did for a living and some really fundamental stuff, end quote. Woof. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know why they wouldn't have shown that, to be honest. I know, I know. Uh, it could be one of those things that they have edited around or, you know, mm. that didn't quite come out the right way to be usable for TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure would want it to be. Right. Yeah. Um, but that ends uh, or adds a little more cadence to... It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, I mean, the, I saw some reactions from people last week, you know, in forums and stuff like that, who were saying, like, oh, she's being unreasonable, like, you know, he's dating all these people, like, you know, right. can't remember every single thing about every single one of them, whatever. I almost felt that way. Sure. But learning that, th- that in fact, ran a bit deeper than that uh, makes me a little... Look, it, uh, it rationalizes the situation a little bit more because the whole thing felt, and I think was made to feel by the show, as, like, look at this irrational behavior. Right. Yeah. She was acting like a crazy person. Yeah, exactly. She even said, I was hysterical. Yeah. But, you know, you don't know, uh, you don't remember when we met, you don't know what I do for a job, what are we doing here? Can I say that uh, um, Eleanor has pulled up incredibly well. She seems like she is, like, really uh, maintained control of her... Oh, she's gone great. Like, yeah, everything seems to be great with her. Nobody is left with a weird taste in their mouth, even though that thing happened. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of, like... There's a little bit of pause that I have taken after the last episode. Look, I didn't go into this, uh, you know, this the penultimate episode thinking like, oh, the, all three of them are in with an equal shot. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. The outcome was pretty much determined. True. Um, but just in terms of, um, you know, seeing that interview, seeing her doing some press and stuff like that afterwards, it doesn't seem like her reputation will be like the crazy one who True. like went nuts on the hometown date or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank God. Too. Yeah, exactly. Because she seems like a reasonable person. Right. With yeah. reasonable expectations to be remembered and to, you know, uh, like to have the person that she's romantically involved with know stuff about her. Right. Right. Which is fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, My girlfriend, um, fucking, what's her name? I don't recall. (sighs) She Mm. was saying a similar thing though. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's let's do the recap. Let's definitely move into the recap of The Bachelor Australia, season seven, episode 15. We begin with Matt on a bushwalk. Bum, 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 bum. Is this, is this fine? <laughs> He's not escaping. Although he is, I mean, isn't going out to the bush sort of the great escape? It is the great escape. I mm. believe uh, the honey badger went bush after his last season. <laughs> That's true. For a somewhat mm. different reason. Oh, okay. Um, he's climbing rocks. He's monologuing about how wonderful all his different girlfriends are. Um, but he's like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be real it's, hard. It's clouding my thoughts. So he takes his shirt off to try and clear his head, help him think <laughs> a bit better. But it's no use. He's going to need another date with each of the final women, uh, the final three, that is, mm. to make up his mind. Up first is Chelsea. 
Um, both Matt and Chelsea seem very confident about their relationship. Matt says, quote, it feels like I'm missing something, like it's too good to be true, as if that creates any kind of suspense at all. Great. I feel like they'll often try and pull that with the person who eventually wins, and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're sure. Yeah. This is the winner. We get it. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Um... He pulls up to meet her in a white Porsche with the number plate AWW598. Oh! Um, they do a little handshake and introduce themselves again, which feels like a cute little bit. That is of, cute. Like, it feels like actual couple-y sort of I've business. I've done that. I do yeah. that to my girlfriend so often. Right, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do have amnesia. It's true. <laughs> it's like a 51st date scenario. <laughs> Um, Matt tells her that the Porsche can go 311 kilometers an hour. Who cares? And <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I changed the channel and I uh, don't know what happens for the rest of the episode. Fair enough. Yeah. But okay. I liked it. Yeah. Well, so far, so good. <laughs> um, he's like 311 kilometers an hour, 311, very important. Make sure you remember that number. At which point I'm starting to get very excited that we're about to see a performance from the 90s reggae rock band behind hits like Amber. And presumably others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're aware of 311? 311, yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually thought they were called uh, 311, but that's my fault. Really? Yeah. Didn't realize <laughs> that. Okay. Um, there's some more little couple-y business when Matt thinks he's locked the keys in the car. And then there's another bit where Chelsea sort of jumps into his arms and they seem surprised to learn that it's actually being caught on camera. Mm. All of this stuff is like very cute. But it's also, like, the fact that they're including these, like, normal little bits of, like, just couple hanging out. It's not being for a TV show. They're not being TV people. Yeah. It's, like, so obvious. It's just, like, come on. Yeah. Who uh, do you think we are? Right. Matt tells the camera that he will be dropping a series of numbers throughout the date. Uh, number two. You <laughs> 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 uh, love that joke. That's I could funny. not resist it. Um, Chelsea is going to be tested on them later in the form of a code that will need to be broken. Love this. I love it. It's pretty cool. I'm very in the lead, but I think this is so good. This is a fun date. So they arrive at a beach, or should I say one beach? Oh. That's a number. Because mm -hmm. at the end, they have to multiply it by one. <laughs> <laughs> um, where a seaplane, or should I say one seaplane, oh. uh, arrives, and uh, the seaplane is going to pick them up. Did you know I'm actually on a seaplane diet? <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. What does I, it mean? Um, well, I see, well, I see plain food, oh. and then I eat. It's actually more like it's just a regular diet. What is the deal with it? Um, with <laughs> That's pretty good. No, I just mean like the food is quite plain. Like it's just oh, like salads. Okay, and like cool, I'm trying cool. not to eat carbs you know, kind of much. Uh, so. But you get a nice little slice of bread and butter. You just sort of got to gobble. Well, yeah, I'm trying oh, to cut okay, out the okay. fats and I don't eat dairy. So. <sighs> they get up to 2,000 feet above sea level and kiss. And Matt says that she should remember that number as well. Interesting. 2,000. 2,000, 3-1-1. Mm -hmm. So okay. I'm thinking, all right, I've got, I've kept track of this. Yep. Up Sid, this Ollie, point. Millie, Sydney, 2,000. <laughs> a lot of shit going on there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm like, okay, at this point, I'm going to, I'm going to probably start losing track of these numbers. Okay. Because I'm getting my way through a bottle of red wine as the show's <laughs> going on. Yes, yes. Turns out there's no more numbers. <laughs> That's the end of them. That's ridiculous. Um, they arrive at a batchy couch, and soon after, Matt produces a safe, which Chelsea will need to crack using an equation based on the numbers which came up not just on this date, but also throughout their other dates. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. 
So it's things like, yes, the seaplane's cruising altitude divided by the car's top speed, plus the distance they went down the building on their second, uh, on their second date, uh, the bake time of the banana bread divided by the temperature that they baked it at in cute. Kelvin. Okay. Okay. It's cute. I do think it's a pretty amusing contrast with Eleanor's hometown date, um, where he seemingly forgot just about everything about her except for her <laughs> name. <laughs> Whereas Chelsea, ah. he expects to memorize the baking instructions funny. for like something that I don't believe that they cooked. That's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Little bit of a double standard. <laughs> anyway, she lands on the correct answer. Mm. I don't know. There's a couple of edits here. Oh, she's smart. I want to give her as much credit as possible because yep. she rolls with this. Oh, yeah. Because like... I don't know, nine out of ten people that you try this shit on will be like, mm, Not interested. Is there a production assistant that can help me? Somebody have a calculator? And, and she's just like, doesn't even blink. Let's she's go. like, into it. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't be. Fuck yeah. But this is just, it's great. And it's a great way to show that these two people are actually a good match. Because they're into the same stupid shit. Yeah, it's the same weird Rubik's Cube shit. And it's cool. Good on them. Mm. Um, inside the safe is a gift box with a necklace which bears the chemical formula of oxytocin. Give I love her the ring. <laughs> right. He says she got to put some oxytocin near his heart with the little tattoo. Cute. So it only makes sense for him to put some near hers. Guess what? It rules. I love it. It's really cute. If I were her, yeah. I would be in tears like most romantic shit I've ever fucking seen. It's pretty her. great. Yeah. Like I've seen movies that have less room, like rom-coms that have less romantic shit. Yeah. Like this is the bachelor on overdrive. Like it's just like, it's sweet and it's callback. And it's just like all the nice little romance things that tr the, all, like it turns all the tropes that we love about this show mm. into uh, actuality. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Super nice. Super great. They get a little bit closer on the couch and Chelsea says that she can see a future with Matt. Matt says every time they hang out, he realizes more things they have in common. Then for a little moment, Chelsea goes quiet and Matt mumbles like, I know something's on your mind. And then Chelsea kind of shakes her head. No. And no, moment, there's not anything on my mind. Shut up, Matt. Nothing, I'm just still processing the maths. I like that she gets out like a pen and paper. Like it's like. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a moment later, she says, you scare me because I'm falling in love with you. And they kiss. Oh. <sighs> Pretty good. I feel like good line. this ending bit is like maybe not quite reaching the high heights of beautiful romance, but it is also just like feels like two people talking and that's nice. It's really nice. Mm. Do you think that um, someone fed her that line? Um, you scare me because I'm falling in love with you. Doesn't sound like something that she would necessarily say in that circumstance. I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels a little bit forced, but it also is sort of like, um, I don't know, maybe that's how she has decided to communicate that. I feel like maybe she said, you scare me. And then they're like, I'm sorry, going, we can't going, use that. We going. can't use that. And she's like, I can save it. <laughs> um, do you find him scary? He's uh, not very scary. Nah, he's not scary. Mm. Um, anyway, up next is Abby. She waits on a pier and Matt arrives on a boat. <laughs> Xavier, hmm. we need to talk about it. Yeah. This is the first boat date. Since Ali's season. Now, that can't be right. So, like, there is a scene in Paradise in which Chelsea, uh, in which Alicia and Canadian Daniel go out on some kind of canoe. They go out on a canoe? Yeah. I feel like there was some canoes on this date. I'm sorry, on this season. <sighs> Does a canoe count as a boat? 
Kristen had a canoe date. That's a great big question. Yeah, Kristen. Yeah, it was Kristen. Yeah, she had a canoe date with Matt. It's mm. not a boat date. They were canoodling. Remember, I made that Very joke. Cute. It's good. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you're right. This is like, the first boat date. I can't help but feel once again, we've changed shit. Maybe that's it. Maybe they are. Look, okay. I will, without giving anything away, like we, you know, we had a leecher on the podcast. Yeah. We have had, I guess that's it. But <laughs> we had Osha record an intro. Georgia Love. Georgia Love recorded an intro. Yes. So I feel like some of this stuff must be just trickling its way down through. That's it, through the yeah. annals. Let's, let's be real. The Bachelor Australia does follow BOH Pod on Twitter. True, 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 true. I don't think on the gram. Whose job is it to listen to us? <laughs> Me, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> edit the show. Uh, funny. But, I mean, is the person whose job it is to listen to us, is that the same person who makes the whole show? Makes Maybe. the whole show, makes the decisions about whether or not we go on boats? Could be. Could be. Could be. Matt rocks up on a boat. Uh, and in narration, he talks about the, quote, very strong physical and sexual connection that they have together, which, like, sure, but do the producers need to sprinkle in this detail to absolutely every interaction that they ever have? It, it, yeah, it, it, you would just... Uh... I feel like at some point in that uh, interview on the project, one of the people from the project, and look, this is not a project discussion podcast. <laughs> I wish it were. Right. <laughs> but Matt, uh, Max won't let me. Look, I just think that uh, there are enough opportunities during the day for mm. you and I to talk about Carrie and to mm. talk about Waleed mm -hmm. and to talk about the fact that fucking Peter Hellier Where still was has he? an Australian media career. Yeah. This but also, man, I mean, full credit to Peter Hellier mm -hmm. because he was on Skit House, he was on Rove Live, and somehow... By his little tippy toes, he mm. has survived for so many seasons. Rove himself cannot keep a show. Rest Rove in peace. can't be on a show anymore. But Carrie, who started at the news desk on Rove Live mm -hmm. all those years back, mm -hmm. and also Peter Hellier, particularly Peter Hellier, mm -hmm. still has a show. Right. And also, he is away from the project at the moment because he's doing his other show, which is a drama. Which is fucking awesome. It's a prestige drama. It's wild. Can How does this happen for Peter Hellier? Where's Tom Gleeson on the prestige show? Well, he does have a great show. He does. Where's mm, Gatesy? Yeah. Where's yeah. Yon? Where's Yon? Give me some Yon. Can you imagine if Yon just showed up? <laughs> <laughs> Give me more Yon. Give me more Dave Callan. Mm. Oh, I'll fucking snap you. What a great skit house. Incredible. Bit. I mean, we've gone deep about skit house in the past. <laughs> and I feel like it's lost us some followers. It has certainly <laughs> lost us some followers. It's fine. But skit we need house, to remain true to our we values. we got to, you know... Uh, <sighs> Nothing sus about us. That's all I'll say. Right. But, okay, so they were talking, and this is not Peter Hillier, and I'm not painting anyone with this brush. I can't remember who said it. But they were talking about how Matt, I think it was probably even one of them that hasn't watched the show. You know the but, hot affable guy? Uh, yes, of course. That one. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, one of the well-off people who's nicely dressed on the TV. <laughs> hmm. um, they were talking about how Matt has to make a decision with either his head or his, you know, mm. you know, his other one. His heart. No, that other one. Oh, his butt. Yeah, his butthole. Yep. And I feel like in a reductive way, yep. that is kind of the framing for a lot of this. Certainly. And it's a bit yucky. You're absolutely right. And I don't like the binary as it is presented to us. Right. Because like 
there's obviously more at stake than that and mm. more at play than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a much more interesting conversation. Like leaving aside the respect that I think both of these human beings deserve. hundred percent. It is a more interesting, entertaining television program if we don't boil it down to those two yes the reductiveness makes it less interesting right because it's like well i know where this is going to end up exactly it's like if you talk about a movie within the context of like well there's a good guy and a bad guy and there's probably you know there's a good guy who wins right exactly right it's like okay we understand the plot of all narratives boils down to those star war right have you, you know? Wait, have you? No, I've <laughs> never. I, like, God, no. Okay, none of them. I, no, I've not. Oh, wait, no. I've seen Star War number six. Okay. The Phantom. Was that five? Not at all. Oof. The The Menace. This is tough. You're gonna get some tweets. His name is Darth Mal. <laughs> so that's number one. What? So no, but in chronology of it, yeah, in chronology is number one. Fuck. First one ever released? No, not no. that one, but still. No, I've seen the one with the purple-faced man. Red-faced? He's a bit vain. He looks like Voldemort. We all know which I've one you've seen. seen. The, <laughs> he I, looks like Voldemort. Yeah, I've seen the Voldemort one. <laughs> okay, you've seen Harry Potter, I think. I've seen two of them. Okay, Thank you've you. seen two Harrys? Yes. Which ones? A one and two. Okay, <laughs> you've seen what most people agree are the two worst ones. I don't know what people agree. What's with what? You know? Seems we, that way. Are you ready for this? You okay. Look for this. Hit me. We could die, or even worse, be expelled. Right. I learned that uh-huh. this week. Wait because it was on something else that I Wait, saw, so and I was like, what's that these from? Movies in the last week? No, I've seen them a bunch in the past. I feel like every week I watch more movies than you have ever seen in your life. That's quite possible. Mm. This week I have watched... Six episodes of the TV show Catfish. Oh, yeah, I watched a couple of them. Two episodes of the TV show The Bachelor. Did you watch the Katy Perry one? No, I didn't get to it. Oh, he spoiled it. I'm so sorry for spoiling it. I looked it up. Okay. Hmm. Did you see Tall Girl? What's that? A Diary of a Tall Girl? (laughs) It's a new movie on Netflix. No, I haven't seen it. No, I watched it with Evie. Is it a Christmas movie? It's a Tall Girl. No, but it's about the same budget as those Christmas movies. Okay, sick. I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Who's in it? Anyone that I know? Nobody. Love it. Um, No, you know what? The mum of the tall girl or something is a background character on The Office. Or, like, not a background character, but, like, not a main one. What's her like name? Like, Phyllis. Jan? Or Ma- Jan? Phyllis. Phyllis, Phyllis. Okay. Wait, yeah. who's Jan's Jan? Been... Is Jan someone? Jan's someone. She's in um, Not. She's in the show that is not um, <laughs> younger, but is the other one. Older. Precisely. Yep. Let's keep going. Or maybe medium. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the middle. <laughs> right there, right <laughs> in the center. Nah, it's the show about the magazine. You know the one. Oh. And they've got that new editor who's like, it's all about the dot com. Magmen. Magmen. That's it. <laughs> oh, we've gone Sean Ham. What? What's his name? John Ham. <laughs> Sean Ham. Oh, I was thinking of Sean Penn. Keep going. Oh, no. I've not seen a single Sean Penn movie. Mm. Um. <laughs> Porn Shen. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they get on the boat. We watch them being very cute together. Um, before Matt starts to explain like the economics of booster rockets or something to her. Yeah, I would love to know how this came up in a conversation because <laughs> they wild. just cut right into him being like, "So, when it came to the 1960s, they developed a new technology, which meant that they didn't have to." And it's like <laughs> he loves this. Was shit. Abby like say a rocket thing? Yeah. I bet probably that's what it is. He right? loves this shit. He loves talking about this shit. Yeah. 
It's clear. Totally. And, um, like, Abby does seem to really love hearing it, though. Yeah. Um, she says, science is sexy. And I think, like, it is very fun and cool to hear people, like, really discussing and pulling apart things that they're super passionate about. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think the Bachelor of Hearts podcast is uh, worthy of your five stars on iTunes. Very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Matt carries Abby off the boat. And they've got a beach to themselves, so naturally they get a little bit smoochy, mm-hmm. and they get a little bit touchy, mm-hmm. and it, like it's the first time they've had alone together, right? Like, sure, sure. There are cameras there. Uh, there's a whole thing happening, but like outside of that, they're not dealing with the interpersonal relationships of the other people in the house. That's right. They're you not know, concerned about the other women outside in the of three. the like hot pool makeout from last week, right? Oh, I yeah, guess yeah. that's true. Um, but like, it just seems. Like, this is fair enough, and I am very happy for them. It's a pretty fair game. Um, I just, uh, like, to me, I'm like, this feels invasive to be watching it. Not that, like, they shouldn't be doing it, but more like, I wish that they could have this moment without it being sort of ruined Broadcast on the fucking television. Right, yeah. Right, and this is the thing about Paradise, Mm. right? There is so much rooting on Paradise. Mm. Wall-to-wall rooting. We see none of it. Who did you hear that from? Ah, look. You know, (laughs) if these walls had ears. So, but this is the thing, right? Like, if you are on this show and you want to root Mm. in this, like, I feel like the fucking honey badger. Mm. Well, if you're on this fucking show and you fucking want to root, like, what? But I mean, like, like, they shoot the show. his vernacular. No, but I know, but they shoot the show over a long period of time. Yeah. People are human beings. Right. And also, like, you're in this environment that is, like, so hyper, like, romanticized and sexualized. The whole thing is about building chemistry and relationships. Yes. And uh, you're all bottled up. I imagine you're sharing rooms and probably don't want to, you know. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you are bottled up like that. And it's part of, it's a strategy of how they make the show. Yeah. Because by how, it's the same reason why they, like, take your phone away or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you naturally become a more expressive person under those circumstances because you are, are getting cabin fever and going crazy. Right, and, and you're going crazy about the same man. Right. Yeah. And, like, your genitals are on fire. Well, I mean, that might be a separate issue. But, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. You should get that looked at. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you. Like it's been the best of Um. So Abby then said, and okay, so like this is the part of the show that people have been talking about as like, oh, it's like Can watching you believe a this? porn. Yes. It's just like porn of Yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking, I haven't seen a porn Shan movie. <laughs> Does that mean I have to keep that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but Abby says, I just really want to have sex with you. I'm really horny. <laughs> Okay. So I rehearsed that line over and over in the mirror. Uh huh. Me and my girlfriend went over it. Sure, sure, times. sure. You went over and it. I think I really captured Abby's cadence. I think so too. Do you oh, want to have no. a Do you want to do you want to have a crack at it? Um. Okay. So I'll have a crack at it. She said, "Um, I, <coughs> I, I just really want to have sex with you. I'm really honey." <laughs> That was good. I like Sing that. It like a jingle. I think that makes it better. Like a musical sort of mm. vibe to it. Like, Thank you. Yes. And I 
You're taking me right back to Baltimore. Good morning, Baltimore. What's that movie? Hairspray? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I saw the musical. My sister was in it. It was pretty good. R- who did she play? Um, The Amanda Bynes character. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. That's cool. It was pretty cool. I haven't seen the Unfortunately, we didn't have any um, uh, people of color in Ballina where I grew up. So Did the role say of. Good morning, Ballina. Good morning, Ballina. I wish. Damn. Yeah. What were you going to say about people of color? The role of something went to someone? Uh, well, look, we're not going to cast any shade on the Ballina's play at Ballina Players Theatre, who are, look, mostly septuagenarians and are doing the best they can. Here's the thing they're professionals. They are. They are trying. Yep. And they can only work with what they've got. Certainly, one of them didn't get married to a 17 year old. Well, I'm glad to hear <laughs> it, Max. <laughs> I'm glad. He was. <laughs> Her high school math teacher. <laughs> wait. Let's continue. Okay. Wait, a 17-year-old maths teacher? That's no, fucked no, up. No, That's no, 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 fucked. no, 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 How could no, no. they let that happen? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, nobody stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> nobody oh, checked on their safety. Oh, boy. No, no, no. She doesn't have a degree. She's not qualified to be a maths teacher. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I they know. can't let her. It's what? so She's much worse. It's so much worse than what you think. Oh, my God. Mm. Look, okay. Things get a little bit raunchy at this point. Yep. There's like grinding, there's smooching on the beach. Matt mm. says, will you sail away with me into the sunset on this super yacht? Does he actually say that? That is a direct quote. Does No, but let's be real about this. Mm-hmm. Does he actually say that? <laughs> that is what he said, though. Uh, that's the thing. I saw him. It was on camera. Yeah. To me, that's like maybe one of the least sexy sentences that I've ever <laughs> <laughs> like in the midst of all this. And like I've called Matt a wet blanket before, and I don't really mean it. Like, no, it he's clear. a nice man. It's fine. He's doing the bachelor job. Right. That's the thing. It's like he's <laughs> he's a nice guy, and like these people who are passionate and interesting and stuff wouldn't be attracted to him. Right. If there wasn't a huge amount of like spark coming from his end and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's an editing thing. I think it's like just an abrupt sort of change of pace that we're going from like, what is like quite a hot, you know, hot, right. Yeah. That's a hot time. Yep. Uh, it's a hot tub time. It's a hot tub time machine. Right. Yep. And then he's like, um, pardon me. <laughs> Not to interrupt. Excuse me, madam. Uh, we've booked a super yacht and it's approaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Abby is very excited. Yes. She thinks this is a welcome. <laughs> this is a uh, a real Seth Cohen moment. <laughs> True. The boat is called the quantum, which is a science word that mm. means very small. Physics. Yep. Which is definitely not what this boat is. Mm. There is a walk-in wardrobe attached to the master bedroom, master bedroom yep. of the boat. Um, there is also a series of drone shots where I realize that there is no one driving the boat. Like you can see the, what is it called? That big circle. It's not a steering wheel because it's a boat. It's got to be called something fun, right? It's the wheel. Oh, I know. But it's got to be called like the, no. The steering wheel of the boat. Yeah. It's got to have a cool name, right? I'm sure it does. What's a rudder? A rudder, I think, is the propel. No, that's a propeller. No. Oh, I know what a rudder is. It's the thing that determines whether you go left or right at the back of the boat. It's like a little flap, a little flapper. Um, but submerged. What is a boat steering wheel called? Well, I've looked it up and it says boat steering wheel. Oh! Um, so there you go. But just picture, it's like from SpongeBob. <laughs> anyway, there's no one there. 
Um, so, I don't know. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Two lovers <laughs> lost at sea. Oh. What a story. 39 days, one survivor. <laughs> um, later, the boat has drifted its way into Darling Harbour, I guess. Sure. Um, no, not at shore yet. <laughs> Uh, and the two of them have had a complete outfit change. I guess there were some clothes on the boat. That's Somehow. handy. It's cool. Um, Abby stares into Matt's eyes and says, I can't with you. I just can't deal. And so she jumps off the side of the boat and uh, that's, it. that's the end. Goodbye. Yep. Yep. And so Matt is, goes, well, I guess, I guess it's fucking Chelsea. Then. Yeah, Chelsea or Eleanor. Or, you know, yeah, and he's like, at this point? It's probably going to be Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> um. She says, I love every minute that I spend with you. I honestly think you're just so perfect for me. You're everything that I want in a partner. And she's like a little bit choked up here. You can feel the nerves. I feel like this is quite genuine. Why do we doubt this expression of love? She she has some trouble getting it out. And yeah. She says, I love you. Yeah. And do, so you feel like it's you doubt it a little bit. No. Like, why are we supposed to doubt it? It is interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. like, they are showing all of the lead up and all of her being nervous about saying this. Yeah. Where, like, we don't know if that's happening with the other women, but I kind of feel like it might be. Mm, we're definitely seeing with Chelsea, right? Like, last week where she couldn't quite get it out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. In my memory, mm. and I'm not 23 years old anymore. True. As we mentioned last week, I've actually recently had a birthday. <laughs> And I, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to talk down to anybody who is younger than me or anything, but I do feel like when you are younger, when you are less like romantically experienced and uh, when you're like, I don't know, I feel like it is hard for the first few time. times or yeah. time or whatever. I, I don't strictly know yeah. Abby's whole relationship experience or whatever, but I remember having... Point, points like this in my life when I have tried to said, say something yeah. as meaningful as that yeah. and I have stumbled over it in a very similar way. It is easier, I think, when it's a person who you're in a relationship with, you know? Sure. And there's no doubt about what's going on or whatever, but if you're taking a fucking big risk... Right. I've been in that situation, haven't you? Oh, Where of you're course. Like, oh, shit, this is... I have real... F I have, fuck, what do That's we do the thing, here? Because what this is is not just the difficulty of saying I love you to a partner. Right. Which is... A thing already. It's a thing unto itself, you know? It is, and like, like engagement and marriage and the whole thing is like a step further. Right. Right. But it, it also means like I am interested in pursuing all of those things. Right. What it also means is like even just in the short term, like I'm interested in pursuing a relationship with you right now, yeah. which I'm not currently in. Right. So like it is... When someone says I love you on The Bachelor, I feel like it's different to when people say I love you in the real world. That's true. And it, ha it carries so much more weight. And so people, I feel like... I have to consider a lot of things. True. Um, so Because it's being fucking filmed. Right. And so whilst I feel like maybe some people could say it without as much meaning, mm -hmm. um, people might say it because they feel like it's expected of them. People might say, them say it because they feel like it's the thing to say at that point in time. Right. I feel like Abby would probably not have said it like this if she, that she, it wasn't like pretty genuine. Right, with all of the fumbling and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what's interesting is that all of the fumbling and the pretext is included right. to make it feel prescriptive. Yes, To exactly. make it feel like um, this person it can't even, you know, this person can't quite muster it. Yeah, exactly. Or like yeah. it doesn't come to her as naturally. Yes, that's like what it is. Maybe she's not feeling it as naturally or whatever. Yeah. But it's like... But we're, like it's... I don't in a certain it sense, in it's instance. a double standard because like... 
what we're getting from Chelsea is the same thing. Yeah. And the it's I don't want to say it's explained away, but like mm. we have much more of a grounding for why Chelsea is struggling to say it. Mm. And the reason that we're presented for as to like why Abby is struggling to say it is we're not presented with a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will say though, like it's telling to me that she says. I think we've talked about this throughout the history of this podcast. I think it is. It, it means a lot that she says, "I love you," and she Definitely doesn't say, versus "I'm falling." She doesn't say, it "I." Evident. I, I honestly can tell you at this point that my feelings to you have truly developed so far that I can tell you that I am indeed actually falling into love with you. Who Whatever. said that? <laughs> no, I made that one up. But it's so believable, right? Because like people will talk around it. Yeah. Um. I, I feel like a lot of the times that you hear people making these declarations, yeah. they are doing the revving up that I think Abby is doing without talking. Right. But they are doing it whilst the sentence is falling out of their mouth. That's it. And yeah. they're like, maybe if I get a running start at it, if I just it'll keep eventually going come out. and eventually just keep boop. boop, boop, boop and boop, Abby's boop, like, boop. I'm not going to say anything until it, like. Well, she kind of like you know. splutters until it falls out the mm. right way, mm. um, which is a different approach. Mm. Sure. <laughs> I feel like we're getting a little too deep into this. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're in the weeds. Mm. Um, Matt obviously can't say it back, yeah. but he says he's delighted that they met and that she is so open with him. It's all pretty nice, I reckon. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give her a necklace, though. No, that's mm. true. No gift. Where's the gift? I feel like if you give the person who's going to end up winning a gift, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else should get a gift. I've watched, like, what? The Price is Right? Sure. I've watched Burjo's Catchphrase. Yeah. I've watched, what was that show, Wipeout? Oh, oh let's play Wipeout. Let's yeah. do it. Where, like, you would get, like, I feel like an original Dot Matrix Game Boy. That's correct. Or maybe an Encarta Encyclopedia or something. Definitely a Britannica. Oh, yeah, the CD-ROM version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would have killed to have one of those. Me too. They look so cool. I feel like when I was a kid, I had a demo disc of the encyclopedia. Me too. Which is like, you can learn about some stuff. Yeah. Here's a selection of things that you know about. Right. And it's like, if you have an encyclopedia, you can look up whatever you like and you'll be able to learn about it. Exactly. Right. But, but if you have this, you can learn about the things we've decided to share with you. You will learn about the Stegliosaurus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that a real one? No. No. I think I saw that at Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. Oh. Someone suggested that I should have my own um, podcast where I, just like a mini series, yep. where I episode by episode go through each of the rides I went on on my Interesting. trip. Interesting. I love it, right? It's a good side pod. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come on for an episode? I've never been on. Uh, You've been on a ride. Yeah, no, that's right. I've been on, I've been to Knott's Berry Farm. It was very fun. Really? Yeah. What did you go on? Do you remember? Um, did you go during Not Scary Farm? Oh, no, I didn't. I went over summer and um, it uh, the roller coaster mm. um, where your stomach drops. You so I've been on, on that one. You went on roller coaster? I went on roller coaster. Cool. Yep. That's going to be a I good episode. And I also went on Spinny One. Oh, Spinny One. You know Spinny Boy. I've heard yes. tales of Spinny One. Yes. Finally, it's time for Helena's date. It's a bit of a Spinny One. Yeah. Topsy-turvy, I'd say. Matt drives up in a vintage Jaguar with an unfunny number plate. Uh, he's hoping to get things back on course after their rocky hometown date. Mm. Well, not a rocky hometown date. That would be in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's true. They'll probably go get cheesesteaks. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Bullwinkle's there. <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> where is Bullwinkle from? Rocky and Bullwinkle. No, I know, but where geographically? Oh, um, I don't... 
I think they're American. Yeah. But it's weird because the enemies are the last ones. Of course. Yeah. That's not that weird, actually. I guess that's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so it's not Russia. It's not Philadelphia. They are doing a little bit of like travel, quote unquote, on this date. Yep. Um, Of course, first of all, he's got a British car. And after a little bit of a drive through the countryside, during which... And I'm not going to let this go. Matt embarrasses Eleanor on TV for not being able to drive a manual. Fuck that shit. Fuck off. Fuck you. I can't drive shit and I'm proud of it. (laughs) I've had my learner's permit renewed three times. I have got my driver's license, but let me tell you, I'm not very good at it. Right. I will say openly on this podcast, I'm scared every time I get in a vehicle Mm -hmm. because I am legally culpable to not run into someone. Yeah. And I've run into someone so many times. Right. It's bad. And like Matt tries to bury it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm not very good at reverse parking. He's like, fuck off, dude. You're good at everything. You are the bachelor. Yeah. Come on. I don't believe it for one second. That's it. And if you're using your platform to talk shit about people who aren't good at driving a manual, yeah. Helen has done shit you wouldn't even dream of. I'm not good at reverse parking. I'm not fucking good at forward driving. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Um... They arrive at an Argentinian-themed date. And we learn, which I didn't know, that Matt has got some history with Argentina. No. Do you have any history with Argentina? Uh, look, I my general rule is to not cry for Argentina. Mm, that's. I mean, I, I've lived my life by that philosophy as well. I will say that on the Super Nintendo soccer game that I used to have, um, Argentina had the highest um, offensive rating. Oh. And so I would play as them. Uh trying to think about any Argentinians that I... Let's continue. Mm-hmm. Argentinian. <laughs> um, they... Uh, Put the tinny in Argentinian. <laughs> well, it's not a tinny. They um, they just... I don't know what is Argentinian about this, except for the fact that there's a jug of sangria on the table. <laughs> Which um, is just <laughs> confusing, isn't it? Mm. Um, and then there's... Uh, I feel like there's a, a nice little neat bit of symmetry when Matt tries to teach her some Spanish phrases... Because apparently now Matt remembers Eleanor speaking French to him on the first night. Interesting. He goes like, "Well, I remember when that happened. Well, I thought I so do obviously this, I'll teach you some Spaniard, right?" <laughs> and I think like there are probably things about this experience that time will erode away at in mm. Matt's mind. But I think now, due to this confrontation, Matt will never forget that Absolutely she spoke absolutely never forget our French-speaking Mauritian. Um. Matt says he's still a bit confused or confusa in Spanish. <laughs> Don't know how to pronounce it. Um, about what happened on the hometown date. He asked her to clarify um, a few things, like if her whole family got a bad vibe from him. She says she actually only spoke to her mom and didn't debrief much with her dad. And she also says that her mom really liked him. Great. <laughs> Which is like That's just lovely. Some selective editing, maybe. Thank you. Yeah, really hmm. appreciate that. Um Matt says he's a bit thrown. Eleanor says everything just built up to a point on that night and then says, quote, if Matt is kind of like, okay, thank you for your time, then I know that there was never anything there. But if he does come back, then I'll know that I'm worth fighting for. Matt, in recap, says, quote, I actually think that's shit. Yep. Essentially, Eleanor was testing me. It's certainly not a way that a successful relationship would start. Now, do you agree with this? Like, do you feel like she was testing him? Do you think that's what happened there? So you and I and and Danny as well talked last week about this whole thing of fighting for. Mm. 
and how I personally look. You go back and listen to it, but like, I don't like it. I don't like this idea that uh, the equality of a relationship and the the level footing that you're on could be compromised by the idea that one person needs to be fought for and the other person needs to compromise something in order to, you know, uh, win the other person over, yeah. so to speak, yeah. right? Yeah. You meet in the middle. Yeah, exactly. That's how you have a healthy fucking relationship. Totally agree. But do you feel like that was the idea the whole time? Or do you feel like this is her trying to sort of reclaim what happened? I think because it happened in the moment, mm. I can see both sides of this. Mm. So what we heard her say was, I really thought that he would fight a little bit more. Right. And that to me is like, I don't know that there's a ton of, um, at least from where I sit, like, hiding that yeah because it becomes important to the narrative later and i understand why it's included in the show sure sure. all this kind of stuff right uh in terms of her like reclamation of of what happened Mm. if she's trying to reclaim something she's doing it in a shitty way yeah i agree with that you know yeah she says my fears were real but they were obviously highlighted and it's not how i'd usually handle things i know it was a bit of a put-off but I'm really glad that I'm still here and I really hope that we can move past it. Matt in confessional expresses strong doubts about the relationship. He says, I don't know what Eleanor sees in me or feels towards me. I just don't know. And in voiceover, Eleanor says that she feels that they have a great connection, but is unsure if it compares to that of the other women. Matt says he doesn't want to put pressure on Eleanor, but he needs to be honest with himself and think about whether she can give him what he needs. Totally. Right. This is all fair. And totally. I want to make clear, like, as much as the uh, I was testing you kind of thing, like, as much as I sit on Matt's side of the fence with that, mm. I also respect what Ellen is saying mm. because, like, yeah, she has a vested interest and she's interested in this man and, you know, et cetera. But at the same time, like, she's got to be able to get what she wants from this too. And yeah. if he is, as we've talked about beforehand you know, forgetting who she is and what she's about and where she comes from and the languages that she, you know, all yeah, the whole yeah, bit, yeah. right? Yeah. She's well within her rights to fucking freak out. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't think Matt is a terrible person. No, for forgetting I don't think so like either. That. Yeah. Like, not just as somebody who hasn't got a very good memory, but also like, I forgive him. Because his interests are clearly with other people. Right. And the idea of this show is for him to be able to narrow it down to someone who he has a genuine connection with. Right. You know, if he even subconsciously has, uh, you know, if his brain has compartmentalized the things that are important and removed some of the things that are less important. Yep. That's part of the decision. That's part of the process. And Ellen is like, well, it makes me feel less special. And to him... I'm sorry, maybe you are. Right. That doesn't that mean that sucks. you that are doesn't mean less that you special. Aren't special. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think Eleanor to... rules. Totally. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like, um, it is easy to think that what the show is saying is that what is right for Matt is right. Right. Yes. But in actual fact, that's not necessarily the case. That's right. It's this just is what's like, right for this one man. It's driven by this particular dude's taste. Yeah. And this is exactly what we're saying uh, about Abby earlier in the show as mm-hmm. well, right? Because it's sort of presented as what's presented for this one man as right and what you want to root for versus like um, how you present someone as a bachelorette as like a suitable candidate for a man. Right. Quote unquote. Yes, exactly. Which, uh, well, the whole thing feels gross. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um. So I don't know how suspenseful. Ooh, who's he gonna send? Mm. <laughs> um. Osha whispers that there are just three of them left and just two roses left to be handed out. I feel like a lot of the promos have been about Matt being this like super math science genius. Or right. Whatever. Yes. Osha's not getting enough credit. He's really doing a good job on this. He's season. like crunch the numbers. He's like Matt. Get with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has to tell Matt. How, the how many? Exactly, works. right. He's like, hey, Matt, I know you're having trouble with this. There are three women left. Yep. He's like, so, oh. He's like, oh, fuck. Shit, okay, fuck. Oh. It's getting, actually, getting getting to the end. Can we bring in Matty J again? <laughs> I just... Um, anyway, the first rose goes to Abby, then Chelsea, so it's goodbye to Eleanor. She had a good run. She did. Um, Matt walks her out and says she's an incredible person, and Eleanor says it's all good. She's, in fact, very fine with it. She's totally fine. I think she probably saw it coming. Yep. I think in some way she set it up to happen. Yep. Um, intentionally or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows Who knows what her intentions were? Who mm. knows what the intentions of any of these people are on right. the show? Um, you know. The show uh, itself is not interested in providing a lot of that kind right, of Right, exactly. Analysis. You know, and it's our position to question those things. Mm. From what I can see, it sure seems like... Eleanor and Matt might have been something that could work out if it was given more time. Yeah. But given the rigidity of the parameters of the show, yeah. and also given the fact that he was asking her to plot out ten years in the future when she was not comfortable Yikes. plotting out ten minutes in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some like there's some real collision there. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wonder, like, would Eleanor have done well or better on a different season? She got to third. Which is exactly the same spot as Elena got to. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, is it just destiny that someone who is typecast in that way? In the hot and foreign archetype. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. You know, it's, it does seem like um, the Flo, Flo got fourth, mm. for example, on Maddie J's season. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like that... Um, uh, I don't want to use the phrase language barrier, but I guess that's like it's it's almost like, it's like a, a cultural difference maybe, emotional yeah. language barrier you yeah, know where yeah. it does seem like um in season after season we've seen these men get these uh women who come from europe in mm. and they get to a certain point where like yeah they're beautiful but they're not saying the same thing that you want them to say yeah and then you send them home yeah uh and all of you know elena and flo and eleanor have all had that like um strength of character to be like, hey, no, I think this is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Matt says that he needs someone who is 100% all in, so sending Eleanor home was the right choice. Mm. When you boil it down to that, it's pretty hard to disagree with him. Yeah. All right. Are we done with that episode? I think we are. Cool. Wait a minute. No, there oh, were some no. commercials afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. All right. Well, we move on to The Bachelor Australia Season 7, Episode 16. Wait, that's how you're going to do the finale one? The Bachelor Australia Season 7, Episode, episode 16. Sorry, I had to join in. That's nah, right. You I need the words at the end. So, yeah. It's good. You know, it's like a favorite song. <laughs> we begin in beautiful South Africa. Now, I was surprised. Me too. I kind of, I mean, every time I managed to forget that they do this. That they go somewhere else. Because there's no build up to it. Right. I mean, the last few years they've been to what I would say is like vaguely Indonesia. 
I think what they have done is they've gone to the uh, schoolies belt. No, it's right. not schoolies. It's not schoolies. It's like no, but it is schoolies. You go to the Bali. Kentucky you go belt. to Fiji. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas this time we've gone to South Africa. It has been. Let me see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five seasons since we've been to South Africa. All right. Last okay. time was Blake Garvey. Yeah. Okay. Sam Wood. Yeah. Oh, a scene of trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, By the way, just briefly while we're talking about exotic locations for yes, filming, okay. we recently learned, and it's not 100% locked in, but like oh, a reliable source. This is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says that the finale of the next season of US Bachelor will be filmed in Australia for the first time. So if you see two hot people making out. Maybe it's TV, baby. You get right in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold up a big sign that says BOH pod, baby. <laughs> So we start with this montage of beautiful South Africa. Matt is running in the wilderness, looking forlorn and weighing his options. But with a shirt on. With a shirt on, that's true. It's a grey shirt. You don't want to get too much of that South African sunburn. That's true, Mm. yeah. So firstly, in confessional, Matt says of Abby, we were drawn to each other like magnets. Mm. It's electric. Now, which kind of magnets? Yeah, does Matt know how fucking magnets work? Mm, I mean, I don't. Magnets aren't electric, Xavi. Oh, well, that's true. What is going on? This is a fucking astro... I would imagine mm. that magnets form a significant part of how some astrophysics work. Probably. This electricity shit. Get neither, him out of here, Matt. Neither of us know. Matt also assesses the pe- potential for something cosmic to occur between mm-hmm. the two of them. Of Chelsea... Oh, hang on. I get that. Oh. That's a space thing. I get it. Yep. Okay. Apollo 13. Oh. Apollo 13 turning 14. We'll get to it soon. Of Chelsea... Wait a minute. He was 13? No. posted so many horny tweets about him. (laughs) Of Chelsea, he says they are similar in so many ways, and he loved hanging out with her because he's never met a stunning scientist like Chelsea. Mm. Importantly here, there's no but. You know, he's not like, but I don't know where she stands with blah, blah, blah. Okay, I will say... He's got a butt. He's, it's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt says, it's too good to be true, and what am I missing? Luckily, <laughs> Matt's best friends Kate and Jason are here to help him out. Mm. Now, we've met Kate before. She was on the group date where she met Abby as well as Sagan, Brianna, and someone else who I've forgotten. Uh, let's think. Nope. Ellie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellie. Oh, um, God, I feel bad. Uh, still, though. Um, anyway, my best assessment of uh, Jason is that he's kind of like a low-key hype beast. I think he kind of rules. Yeah, Jason's cool. He's wearing um, cool guy sneakers, so mm. it's the Converse times uh, Com de Garçon play collaboration. And then he's in a Highs and Lows t-shirt, which is like a, a menswear retailer that's based in Australia, but services the whole world. And, like, he's, he's high fashion. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. He is. He looks nice. He's he's dressed very, very well. Mm. Mm. Uh, Kate says she'll be surprised if Abby has made it all the way to finals. And when it is revealed that Abby is there, oh, fucking oh boy, Kate oh has dear, the shits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not happy. She's just not great about this. Mm. Enter Matt, who tells his mates that Abby is 23 Turning 24. Oh, that's not a good look. It's so funny. That's really bad. That's like when you meet a six-year-old and they're like, yeah, but I'm six and a half. Exactly. Yes. Precisely that. (laughs) It's so fucked. It's really not good. Right. Whereas uh, Jason describes Kate as a bullshit detector and says that nobody has Matt's best interests at heart more than Kate does. Right. 
let's have this Kate discussion up the top. Okay. Right. I feel like one of the core things about having your friend's best interests at heart is respecting their decisions. That's all. That's very true. And I feel like she's approaching this. And like, I don't know. It's, it's the way that she is being characterized. And obviously we don't know what her actual position on this thing is. Right. She could even be like playing a character or whatever. Totally. But like the way that she seems to be approaching this is from a perspective of doubt and mistrust of her friend. It sure seems to come from a place of fuck you, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a yeah. real place of like, I thought I fucking told you what I thought about Abby. <laughs> like not to boil her down to a very simple sort of like one sentence thing. Or right. Whatever, but like. We've had this chat before. We've talked about this, Matt. Yeah. And we've seen this before. She's not ready to have kids in three to five years. I told you this before. Mm. Yeah. And Um, you ignored me? And I guess like the temptation and a little bit of what I saw on the internet was um, this bit where Kate wants to marry Matt instead and keep him all for herself. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a lot of that, you know, like, and uh, people call Kate possessive abby on the show called kate possessive right you know and i think that like we shouldn't necessarily conflate those things yeah and also right we shouldn't conflate uh this disagreement between two women as one of them being like a bitch right right? you know what i mean like the of course they both have really vested interests in matt and they both come from opposite sides of the fence Mm. you realistically they probably don't like each other, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't get along. Yeah. And I feel like they both have a pretty understandable, like, reason for feeling the way that they do. Absolutely. Um, obviously, it is gold to the show that Kate has come in with a already loaded gun. Yes. Like, already knowing that... Yes, Abby she doesn't like this person. Someone she doesn't like. Whereas Chelsea is a new person who... Uh, odds are will not be uh, testing her at any exactly, real way. Exactly, and only gets to meet Kate for just a second. True. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Abby's justifiably shitting bricks to meet Kate again mm. and hopes to make a good impression on Jason. So she comes out and she lays her cards on the table. Mm. Full house, off suit, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's played this game before. She's played the game before. She says uh, to the gang that uh, she's told Matt that she loves him. And Kate is like, you fucking what? <laughs> you fucking what? You said the what? <laughs> and she promptly takes Abby away for a, ca- a chat. Kate says, so, you're here. <laughs> and then, like, waits for a response. Right? Yeah. It's it's very confrontational. It's one of the most intimidating things you could possibly it's say. Really into like yeah. I, like I was if you showed up to a job interview and they're like, so, so you're you, here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You've arrived. You have come. I was re- she said, I was surprised to hear you've made it to the final two. I have concerns about your age and whether you're here for the right reasons and your timeline and goals. Mm. I might as well just go fuck myself, Kate. Yeah. Hi, Kate. Great to see nice you. Nice to see you as well. You look well. <laughs> Abby summarizes it in confessional as, I'm surprised you're still here because I think you and Matt have different values. And that's true, mm. right? Mm. And then Kate just fucking up and leaves. She says she doesn't believe Abby she to goes, the producers. I need a minute. She goes, I need a minute. <laughs> what does she need a minute for? What she's just she, had a minute. And she's only happen? had a minute. Right. Oh. 
So Abby's strategy here is to... Especially because, like, just a moment ago, she was yeah. like, well, I sure hope I don't see Abby. If it's Abby, that's going to be bad. I'm going to have some I'm stuff to say to her. I'm going to fucking have diarrhea on the spot. <laughs> and then Abby shows up and she's like, you know what? Maybe it was diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's like, I need a minute. <laughs> I had diarrhea at the Osaka Aquarium, and I can Talk tell you... Well, I don't want to give you too much uh, detail, but like I was there with my partner, Evie. I love her very much. And I did have to excuse myself multiple times. And she was like, I've seen this one. Been in this situation. This shark. No, I'm so good. <laughs> like, I've already looked at these fucking jellyfish. I understand. Mm. Mm. Um, so Abby's strategy is to pander to Kate, right? So she tries to sort of flatter her and answer her questions and deflect rather than being confrontational. Mm. And it sucks, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is the kind of corner that you are painted into um, because you want the friends to like you and you can't cause a stir. But I just think, like, <sighs> I don't know if there's good strategy here. Mm. And this is certainly um, the thing that you have to, you probably have to do. You have to fight through this. You, But maybe you just fucking fight. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe the thing here, uh, it would, like... Abby and maybe both women would have been better served to just have the conversation, even if that meant telling each other to fuck off and leaving it at that. I wonder, yeah. You know, at this point, if you are both picking up this thing from each other where she's like, I don't like you, and you're like, haha, that's nice. Mm. What else? Mm. Please continue talking. Yeah. Is it better in that situation? Just be like, it's fucking fine, Kate. I don't like you either. Let's keep going with this. Look, as someone who is very cowardly, understood, and very non-confrontational, yeah, perhaps to a fault, I think I would, <laughs> I would grin and bear it. Uh, no matter what bear it. she had to throw at me, yeah, uh, and then I, I would simply just let it um, chip away at my self-esteem, yeah, <laughs> and uh, ruin my life and my mental health, yeah, and uh, really have a bad time. But it's that's what I would do. But I'm not Abby. Abby has proven on many occasions that she is not me. This is true. She is not you. She's yeah. quite outspoken. And she is so inconfessional. And this is the thing, right? Like, she says, why is Matt friends with her? She calls Kate possessive. It's like, it's good producing to mm. get this out of Abby. But at the same time, like, if Kate's accusation is that Abby is fake, which mm. is kind of what it seems to be, like... Maybe playing nice isn't the right thing to do. Maybe you need to just be like, look, Kate, we're in a rock and a hard place. This is uncomfortable. Right. If you don't like me, let's fucking talk about it. Right. Well, she's backed into a corner here. Yeah. Where like either she can be fake. Right. Or yeah, she can speak her mind. Right. And neither outcome is optimal. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard. Mm. Um. So now it's Chelsea's turn and she meets Jason and Kate. And guess what? They like her a lot. They like her, yes. <laughs> she passes the test. Mm. Um, the test is, in fact, that Jason takes her away and not Kate. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Um, Kate could not get Abby away quickly enough. I know. And maybe this is editing, but I want to believe that she was just like, hey, I know you. Yeah, I know what you're about. And it seems like Kate has made up her mind. Right. And that's fine. As we said before, if you have met her and you've made up your mind and that's like fucking that I want to touch on quickly the chat that Abby and Kate have mm. because it's clear like that Abby is like trying to engage her 
Mm. But the way that she tries to engage her is be like, well, we've got book club and it's more like a wine club mm-hmm. and also, you know, all this shit about like um, what do you and Matt have in common? And Abby's like, well, um, well I like to socialize yeah. and... <sighs> It feels edited, it's, but at the same time, it's sort of like you can feel the tension. Right. In the, yeah. Like, it's not. Do, it's not going super well. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um. Anyway, Chelsea, Jason. I feel like I'd be more interested to see Jason taking Abby aside mm-hmm. to see if he got the same read on her that Kate did. But because of if it's unanimous, yes, then. Maybe there's something there. Right. And maybe it's more useful advice that they could provide to Matt. Mm -hmm. But instead, like, we get someone confirming their sort of pre-decided belief. And this is the thing. It's not even her pre-decided belief, I believe. It's Sagan's. Oh, that's true. You remember this? Well, yeah, exactly. Because she didn't really have a problem with her until Sagan brought that up. Right. And I don't know if she met Abby first or Sagan first. I'm not sure in which order that happened. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what order it was shown to us. We don't know what order it happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so, of course, there is no chance in hell that Kate is going to take Chelsea away and Jason's going to take Abby away. Of course, we want that drama for the TV show. Right, because it's reliable. This is just how it has to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sucks, but it's also like, okay, you know, this is Mm. what's going to be on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, Jason asks Chelsea about marriage and kids and I'm wondering if this is the first proper time that we've really heard Chelsea answer these questions. I don't strictly remember. It's always kind of just assumed that she has the right answer. Right? You know, like, and I think it's such an interesting comparison to make because we've spent so much of this season focusing on 23-year-old Abby's quote-unquote timeline. And this is the the first timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is such a focus of this season. Yeah. And this is the first time that we're really going in depth with Chelsea. I feel like this season I heard the word timeline more often than since I used Facebook regularly in 2015 or whatever. Yes. So Jason says, Do you think you owe it to Matt to reveal all the information pertaining to Chelsea's love for Matt? But also pertaining to the buried treasure that ah. she has left somewhere between South Africa and Australia. Uh, Australia, mm-hmm. yes. Um, it's straight manipulation, yeah. right? Um, yeah, yeah. But Chelsea lands at a point where, in confessional, she says that she, in fact, does feel the need to put her heart on the line or else risk losing Matt. Well, I feel like she has probably been told this by every single person on the production and, you know, her hairless and that kind of thing. Yes. Like, it is so in the interest of the show to squeeze that out of people. Exactly. And make them say every last possible thing they can possibly say to get themselves across the line. Right. And the challenge is, like, are you comfortable doing that and saying that and making yourself that vulnerable Mm. on camera? And turn that around. Yeah say everything that you can to get yourself across the line, which mm. is the strategy of Abby in confessional as well. well you know, true, But it's yeah. also like, you know, is it strategy or is it just great producing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jason and Kate lay it all on the line. They say they love Chelsea. They reckon there are no red flags. While Kate says that Abby is too young and doesn't know what she wants. Jason says, Abby is the kind of girl that Matt has always gone for before and puts it this way. Do you want a wife or a girlfriend? Mm. 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 That's very loaded to me It's so loaded mm. And I feel like that's a big assumption to make From a very brief interaction Precisely. with somebody Precisely, yeah, right? yeah. Um, 
Matt in confessional though says just because it hasn't worked yet, meaning the women that he has dated before, um, it doesn't mean it won't work. And I thought that was really interesting as well because mm-hmm. what's the definition of insanity? <laughs> I guess yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's being cuckoo bananas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is in fact. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so we progress to Abby and Matt's single date. But it is also like I feel like that's a respectful thing to say because like she is not the exact same person that True. she has dated that he has dated in the past. Like people are different, even if they seem to, on a surface read, adhere to a specific kind of reading or like, you know, a specific archetype. Or right. Whatever. Especially if you're Jason and you've met this person for five seconds. Right. Or yeah. if you're The Bachelor and you've spent probably three or four hours. With right. <laughs> like, yes. You know what I mean? Like everyone is going to be more complicated than they appear to be when you meet them on this show, no matter how much time it looks like you're spending with them. Yes. Abby and Matt's single date hmm. begins on a batchy couch. Can you believe that they have these in the South African outback? Well, mm. yeah, they naturally grow there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Abby is apprehensive and she says that she can't change her age and also says that the whole show will come down to whether or not Matt will choose her despite Kate's opinion. She can change her age if she waits long enough. Yeah, I think that's true. I have found that to happen in mm. my life. That's the thing. Maybe just Abby needs more time. Mm. Uh, anyway, Matt calls in the chopper. They see the sights of South Africa. And Matt again talks science to Abby. Mm-hmm. So in confessional, Abby says that she's kind of excited about all of this uh, crater business that's going on here. Oh, I love the big hole. The big hole in the ground. <laughs> yes. Right? But also she's more excited because he is excited. Yeah. And Matt is so horny for this crater. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. But it, I like that. I feel like I have, um, as someone who is driven by passions yes. for a lot of somewhat strange and eccentric things, Yes, I have been with many partners and also even just friends Yes, who I really value the fact that they appreciate my enthusiasm for things. 100%. Whether or not they are that enthusiastic about them themselves. Yes. So, like... Um, I think it's meant to be read in the way from the TV show where it's like, oh, she doesn't even care. You know, she's just humoring him to win the show. Yeah. But to use an example, like precisely what you're saying and to an an example from my own life, Mm -hmm. uh, I love basketball. Okay. Let's say that. Yeah. And whenever there's like a big trade or a big game and I always talk to Danny about it Mm. and always she's like engaged and asking questions and interested and she doesn't give a shit. Right. You know, she doesn't, right. she doesn't watch basketball. Yeah. But she is doing it because she loves me. Yes. And she's asking those questions and you do that for your person and that's really kind of nice. Right. It's yeah. partly a respect thing. It's partly also just like it is fun to watch someone be excited about 100%. stuff. 100%. You know, when yes. I'm talking about like um, the ups and downs of like Weezer's recording output <laughs> or whatever. Like my partner Evie... It, yeah has been bored by other men about this topic in the past. True. But is still interested to hear me talk about it because it's something that It's something that you care about. Right, exactly. Mm. I mean, Um, I'm sure she did the same thing with him. Sure, but also at the same time, you know, uh, Weezer have released so many albums since you've gotten together. They keep going. We have to reassess the whole trajectory of the band. Do you see the album artwork of their new fucking release? It's fucking stupid. It is, but did you listen to the song? No. Not bad. (gasps) I mean, not good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, eventually uh, they arrive at this giant bonfire and uh, Matt 
pulls out the marshmallows mm. and he's like, seeing as we've been on this date two times before with the marshmallows, Ellie, what I really right. love about you is the marshmallows. I'm, I basically saw the I'm ghost of roast Ellie <laughs> Jesus like Christ. pop up in this scene. Uh, anyway, in confessional, Abby says that she's thinking about how this could be the last time that she spends with Matt. He calls her an, um, an incredible woman and he says he's grateful to have met her. And then, of course... Abby gets emotional. She says it's hard. And in the previous episode, you heard her say that he's perfect for her. Mm. And she says it again and that she's worried that it will be taken away. The full, the full quote comes down to this, right? Um, she says, I don't want to tell you how to feel or what to do, but everything is so clear in my head and I can see a future with you. I see marriage and kids and it's so much and maybe it's a lot to put on you, but I just like nobody's ever made me feel like this. I'm not sad. I just don't see being like this with anyone except for you. Mm. What I have with you is so rare for me anyway. I just love you and you're incredible. That's a gut punch. It's a big gut punch. Yeah. And Matt says, of course, there are so many emotions that you know are happening right now and you wouldn't be human if you didn't let them out. I've never met anyone like you. There is a calmness and a comfort when we are together but we also have so much fun together. Mm. Meanwhile, in VO, Matt says it feels electric when they're together. Mm. Electric like mad magnets? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know what I like about this? Yes. Is the show itself and the editing choices and the selection of clips and stuff like that all feel like they are, generally speaking, quite centered on one aspect of their relationship. True. But in this instance, you can feel that Matt himself... Uh, is valuing it more than that quite like sort of surface level or maybe reductive thing or whatever. And this has always been the tension um, that has like sort of undone the edit for me in the show. Yeah. Because we see their connection and it pops off the screen and it feels genuine. Right. And it feels like it's a lot more than just like two people who are horny for each other. Right. Which like, sure, is like a decent sized chunk of what, has this is what made this relationship these people want to bang right mm. but there's a lot more going on there yes um so abby says to matt maybe it's between your head and your heart and i think i have your heart and in a weird twist then the seattle six piece the head and the heart uh, <laughs> apparated into the middle of the south african jungle to perform their neo-folk song lost in my mind mm. Mm, so beautiful i want to say yeah when she says i think i have your heart yeah. That's like a killer fucking line. It's a great line. It's great because like Matt can't say anything. No. Nope. Right? Like he can't give it up. Um, they, he can't spoil it. He can't, um, obviously, like there needs to be a final thing where this happens. He can't spoil it for either of the women, right. let alone the viewers. But Abby is like, well, I guess both of myself. <laughs> like she's like, totally. you know, she's like, I'm going to say the thing that you can't say. That you can't say and that I feel confident in. Yeah. It's cool. And you believe it coming from her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this is great. Yeah. I've never really heard something like that. You don't hear it in a normal relationship setting. I don't think course, so at all. But also yeah, like yeah. it's this cool, like it's so in line with what we have learned about Abby, which is just like someone who knows what she wants and knows that she's capable of getting it. Totally. So we move on to uh, Chelsea's final single date with Matt and she meets him somewhere else in the bush, revealing in voiceover that it's now or never to tell him how she really feels. She leaps into Matt's arms and Molly? Matt says that the change between this and the red carpet is astounding. 
No mm. fucking shit, bro. Yeah. It's, it's been true. like 12 weeks. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. They're on safari and Matt and Chelsea come across a herd of Impala. Their tour guide, Francois, explains that the bachelor in a herd of Impala has a very tough task on his hands, which mm-hmm. Matt emphasizes with. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. Um, so they see a pride of lions and Chelsea is like, this is why you come to South Africa. Save. Why are we here? Um, look, okay. One reason is um, that's just where the plane took them. Oh, okay. But then secondarily, it must be the Pride, Pride of Lions. Of Lions yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Chelsea and Matt sit by a pool and Chelsea says she's had an amazing date and that she didn't think Matt could beat the necklace, but he has with lions. Yeah. Well, you can't wear them around your neck though, can you? <laughs> Actually, people do sometimes. It's, yeah, it's poaching. It's a bit we don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're then... taking a strong anti-poaching <laughs> stance on the podcast. Yeah. Sunny side up for us, thanks. Thank you. Mm. Then in a shocking twist, Chelsea opens up about how she feels about Matt on the inside, which I just could not have predicted. Mm. She says, Matt, I love you more than the stars love the moon. Wow, that's like space stuff. It is. I love you more than the sun loves greeting the earth first thing in the morning. Hold on a minute. That also seems to be space stuff. Ah, Matt. I love you more than the honey badger loves rooting. Oh, boy. And Matt proposes on the spot. Yeah, it's Mm. true. So that's the end of the episode. Thanks again. Yep. Suddenly the honey badger appears also wrestling uh, lion side (laughs) of stage. Is he Scar? I guess so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now nah, she actually says, I can see a future with you and I don't want to imagine one without you and I am in love with you. Wow. And they make out. Great. Matt commends Chelsea on her courage in voiceover and says it means the world to him. And I just want to say, fuck yeah, this took a lot of guts. Yeah, totally. When you come from a position like Chelsea has come from, as it has been to explain, explain to us on the show, mm. fucking good on her. She came out of the gate as someone who was quite shy, I think. Yeah. And like, despite the fact that she had like a cool gimmick that they are able to flash back on and uh, make callbacks to and that sort of thing. Yeah. I remember her being so mumbly as to be like kind of difficult to understand in sure. the first couple of episodes. Yes. And like, whether or not it's her like getting used to being on television or being a media personality or whatever, or whether it's her like, I, I mean, it's all of these things, right? It's her right. opening up to a romantic partner. You know, uh, it's a combination of all of this stuff, but it's like, it's so encouraging. It's so like... It's fucking cool for her to se- her, to make herself vulnerable on the TV. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they make out in the pool and it's lovely and that's it for their single date, the mm-hmm. last one of the season. Yeah. Now it is time for the decision. Uh, we watch everybody getting ready. Mm-hmm. The confessional from Abby is that she sees no way that she and Matt couldn't end up together. And then we also hear from Matt who says that in the past he's followed his head, but now he needs to follow his heart. Right. It's, it's really giving it away. good play. Well, with, yeah. You know, like Abby's thing of like, I think I have your heart. That's true. That's true, because here's what's happening here is they're starting to fuck with their expectations a little bit. Yes, Because there's totally. a big twist that's about to happen, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I love the way that, despite the fact that, as we said, like the Chelsea thing kind of feels like an inevitability and mm. feels like everyone has guessed this from ages ago, 
they're playing with the way that this is normally doled out. They're yeah. playing with the format. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really clever and inventive. And it's it great. keeps you entertained throughout this episode. Very much. Which normally is so boring. It's so dull. But the way that they twist it at the tail is so smart, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Matt meets Osha uh, on the mount and he cries. And Osha says, that means it's real, man. Mm. That means it's real. And this is the true and genuine Osha that we know and love, just we by the way. We love Osha. Yeah. Uh, so the cars approach, and we hear from each of the women, and it's Chelsea to emerge first from the vehicle. Right. So here's the thing. If you haven't listened to previous seasons of our podcast and or noticed <laughs> this, which is fairly obvious, whoever the first one to come out is is always going to be the loser. So that it's they always going to be the note. person to get their heart broken. Right? So yep. they can have the bummer and then cut to commercial break and you go, oh... <gasps> but something but nice something will happen. Nice is happening. Right. And so Osha and Chelsea meet at this beautiful bush and share well wishes. And you go, oh my God, Chelsea, she's oh about God, to she's fucking about to get die. Her fucking heart broken. Yeah. This is so sad. And she's mm-hmm. opened up and fuck you, man. And you go, for doing oh my this. God, it's fucking Abby after all this fucking shit. You know, and so this is the thing. Like, uh, let's entertain the hypothetical. Mm. What I'm upset about in this scenario is like, Matt doing this to Chelsea mm. after she has opened up about her whole experience and history of being gaslit and abused yeah. and yeah. etc. Right? I'm not upset about um, Matt choosing Abby in the slightest. No, no. Um, but it's time for commercial and wait, Xavier. It's a misdirect. It's the misdirect we've been asking for for years. Right. It turns out that it's Abby mm-hmm. now on her way to Osha, and they wish each other all the very best. And Abby is the woman to approach Matt first. In VO, she says, there's no reason that it wouldn't be me. So, the I mean, I love this. Yeah. Um, as a viewer, I find it very entertaining. Yeah. And um, I, the, the only reservation I have is that if I were watching this mm. and I were Abby, I feel like... Um, it is maybe not giving this situation, this exa- this moment, the respect that I feel like it deserves. True. And I feel like um, the only way that they could have made this work is if they, they had already built up the narrative to be that certain. Right. And so what this feels like is not the payoff of their relationship, but the payoff of the edit. The payoff of shock. Yeah. The yeah. payoff of like... You know, the edit up until this point has made it seem like it will be Chelsea and it Mm -hmm. won't be Abby for these reasons that we can outline pretty clearly. Yeah. And so when Abby, I'm sorry, when Chelsea steps out first, that's why it's surprising. That's why it's such a shock. Yes. But I feel like there has been a genuine relationship between Abby and Matt. And I feel like... uh, creating this shock value situation out of it yeah. as much as it does. Like it's something that we have been asking for as people who watched this show before. Right. Um, but also as people who um, like as you and I, we try as hard as we can to relate to the people who are in this show. Yeah. Um, Put and, yourself in their shoes, etc. Right. And, and understand the, the ways that they may be being treated yeah. uh, unfairly. Yeah. Or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, I can't help but feel like, Oh God, that must be like a gut punch to rewatch. hundred percent. So Matt tells Abby that his heart belongs to someone else and there is silence. Abby retracts her hands from his and then asks for an explanation. I love this. It's great. Yeah. Matt sort of doubles down and he's like, look, you know, everything that's uh, between us is true. 
you know, and I haven't lied to you, but my heart just belongs with someone else. Mm. Abby says it's completely heartbreaking and that she doesn't know what to say. She says, you could have sent me home so much earlier. And Matt says it's because of the real connection that they shared. She says, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Kisses him on the cheek and walks away. And then as she's walking away, it sounds like she says something like, get the fuck away from me. I want to get home. Mm. But it was heaps mumbly, so we don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. I feel like they were hoping it sounded like that. but I don't Yeah, really know it's really hard. Yeah. Also, like, she's allowed to say that. Totally, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. And then in the limo, we were talking about this in the office this morning. Mm. She f- experiences the seven stages of grief in, like, two minutes. Yeah. Which is just the, like pressure chamber of this show paying off completely she Mm. says i'm fine i'm completely fine i couldn't cry if i tried maybe i don't love him it's okay if chelsea makes him happy chelsea makes him happy i'll get over this before it airs i'm embarrassed it's really hard i feel silly for thinking it would work out i would get over this and i'm so resilient matt i just never thought it would feel this way from this experience and it's yeah I mean, like, this is captivating. Yeah, it's um, great TV. Yeah. I feel a little bit gross watching it. Yeah. Um, but also, like, that is the... That's the show. That's the show. That's what they want. Yeah. And, like, I do feel like I get the impression that she has come out of it pretty well. Yeah. Um, you just hope she's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, she has, if if nothing else, she has shown us that she is a resilient person. That's true. Um, and that, you know, her ability to um, get what she wants and, uh, you know, just I feel like as a person, I often have trouble pinning down what exactly I want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like she doesn't have that problem. That's true. And, and like, it's really interesting because that's the thing that everyone was saying about her where she's like, she doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Mm. Um, and I feel quite positive about her future. And Oh, yeah. I'm sure things will be fine. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a scintillating Rough TV. experience to go through. And Rough stuff TV. to go through. Um, I like, from an outside perspective, looking at the way that this kind of breaks yeah. the format and breaks the fourth wall. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I, I have really enjoyed watching her. It's been good TV. Yeah. Yeah. Now it is time for Matt to meet Chelsea. She walks up. Wait, they have Matt. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She walks up and she's like, I've got this tattoo. (laughs) She's like, pleased to meet you. (laughs) It's cute. Anyway, Matt says to her, I didn't believe that the perfect woman existed until I met you. Mm. And this is like two sentences into his confession of love to her. Yeah. And Chelsea's eyebrows are like, what? Like, <laughs> I love that. Okay, I love this. Because it's great. a lot of the time you get that like Australian Idol thing where it's like, I'm sorry, yeah. but you are going but to Sydney. <laughs> like they will try and do a little fake out or whatever. Like yeah. Matt Preston being like, this is disgustingly really good. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that he is not fucking around. Like, yeah. And it's partially, I guess, like he is, the stage is set for him to do this because there are such expectations True. of like who will win, who will lose. Like mm-hmm. it, is, it is not as much as a surprise twist ending sort of thing. Right. As much as they, like they had that little moment or whatever. The actual outcome um, 
is like not like a shock twist. No, exactly, right? It's and not he, like he picked who he did this. Yeah, yeah. He like he talks her through the whole process, um, and then he says, you know, my biggest fear is getting my heart broken, but it's time to play take the plunge and. Chelsea, I love you. And she is fucking bewildered. (laughs) She just doesn't know what to do with herself in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. He gives her the full, like, Harry met Sally. I love when you giggle when you're nervous. Mm. I love how you make me believe in fairy tales because when I'm with you, it feels like I'm the one. I'll have what she's having. I will have what she is having. Mm -hmm. He gives Chelsea this, like, sea blue promise ring, middle finger, and she's blown away. This is my favorite thing is when the ring comes out and they have to be like, now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> However, it goes on your fucking middle finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they kiss and Chelsea says that she was crying all morning, thinking that he was going to dump her and break her heart. And the sun is setting and they kiss again. It's very scenic. It's very beautiful. I need to remind you that the last time we was here for Blake Garvey's season is South Africa. Yeah, it's true. I feel like South Africa was quite an intentional choice. <laughs> as much as it's like wonderful that they got this phone con or whatever with like the airline. Or, right. You know. But it's like we're revisiting the demons of the past, I think. True. Like the show needed this kind of ending. Yeah. You know? We've talked about that a number of times with like a number of different like bad endings that the show is a little embarrassed by. Yeah. You need a like a comfy reset where like a nice love story has played out. I feel like that's what happened. It's really what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt good. Yeah. It felt really nice to watch them get together. We talked about this before. Like it's not like even though we knew it was happening, it wasn't some tedious inevitability. Right. It was like this is a sigh of relief. The fulfillment also of a promise that was made in episode one. Right. Yeah. Totally. It was really good. I love love. Yep. I think... I should get that um, tattooed into a piece of wood for you. <laughs> That's a good idea. Mm. Maybe on a little necklace. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. What, does it fit on knuckle tats? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get an extra finger. Yeah. We'll make it an, Yeah. Prosthetics. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, wow. Like the Richie and... Sam Prostate. There was an extra finger happening there? Uh, no, it was the prosthetic face. Oh, God. Remember that when they dressed as old people? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, mm. that was iconic. It was a great date. Guys, we have a lot of fun on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a lovely time. Thank you so much for joining us for this season of The Bachelor on The Bachelor Pass Podcast. I feel like we've had so many people like reaching out to us, um, saying wonderful things. And it's been really nice to hear from you. Thank you. And be in touch, please. Yeah, truly. We like, love talking to you. It is one of the most heartwarming things. Um, uh, there were only so many like crea- creative outputs in my life, True. I think, at any yeah. one time. Yeah. And like having this be a fairly constant one of them and having it be received by people who understand the kind of thing that we're trying to do here uh, and uh, engage in it and want to reflect that back to us. I can't. I can't. It's I can't. gratifying and humbling. And thank you for being in touch. And yes. hopefully we're doing something that you like. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, and do get in touch if you uh, want to be friends because that's what we came here, what to, we're here to do. become. Mm. And Max and I are already friends, I would it's say. It's true. It's true. I would say that this started out of friendship. Mm-hmm. And, and it continued. became a friendship. Oh. Um, hey, uh, the fun doesn't <laughs> stop, though, right? No, that's right. Because um, we actually did, you know. So find us on social media at BOHPod. Oh, you're setting us up for the fun not stopping 
in the next uh, week or so. The next week or so in That's which right. The Bachelorette begins. That's right. Angie Kent. I am so excited to mm-hmm. talk Angie. Uh, I don't know if we'll do a preview podcast or we'll do a recap podcast. Look, How we go with this. We're going to we try don't know if who there's... the fucking cast are They haven't released the damn cast list. It's a week until the thing fucking premieres. Less than. Yeah. So we'll do what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but next time we speak to you, we will be all revved up on... Uh, balls. <laughs> Well, I mean, all revved up on men, baby. Oh, yes. There'll be roughly, I want to say, like 20, maybe 18. There's yeah. never enough. Let's keep an eye on who dives in the pool. True. It's always a thing. Courtney Doba did it. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Awful Sam did it. Sam did it. Yeah. Mm. I don't know who dived in the pool last year. And we have had an exclusive tease, which is not exclusive at all because they played it on the television <laughs> on the and on social fact, media. Yes. But there's a twist, which I think is super, super, super cool. It is great. Angie's brother is one of the men. I'm so excited to discuss this at length in our yes, next podcast. Because we love incest. We sure do love it when brothers and sisters get together for uh-huh. a good time. I cannot wait to see them at the uh, final. Sure, I'm glad my sister doesn't listen to this podcast. Okay, interesting. All right. Uh, oh, I've got a brother. <laughs> he also doesn't listen. Yeah. Great, okay. Um, Guys, thank you so much for sticking through it with us. We love you. We love um, love. We love love. We love kissing. We, You and I have never kissed. No. So find us on social media. <laughs> find us on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Funny. Other places. Yes. And uh, keep spreading the love around. Just spread all that love as far as you can spread it. Um, take care of yourselves. Yeah. Please take the time now to say goodbye. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Moment.